guys, I'm Tiffany Cater, and you're listening to The Brazen Truth, the podcast where we talk about morality, spirituality, and sexuality according to the Bible. Today you are in for a special treat. I have the Christine Ellis in the studio today. She is joining me, and for those of you who don't know her, she is a councilwoman in the great city of Chandler, Arizona. She also has special insight into racial, cultural, and spiritual issues that we face in our society today. It is an honor to have her in the studio today, and I cannot wait for you all to get to know her. All right, well, let's get to it. So, um, (laughs) feel free to let me know if there's something you don't want to talk about. Oh, no, no, no. I've been interviewed by everybody asking every kind of question, so I'm good. (laughs) Right. That's one of the things I love about you, one of the many things, because... You are so open. Like, yeah. you will talk about anything. Absolutely. And you're not afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Yep. Even if it's disagreeing with the other person. Of course. That's what it's all about. I think we need to have dialogue so that we can come to a point of agreement in each other. And if it's not agreed, then we still respect each other. That is the key, is still respecting each other. And you do that really well. Like, I've listened to your interviews. And when you disagree with someone, you're always very respectful and very loving. And that's the heart of the Father, is that we keep our love on regardless of what we're disagreeing about that's right that's where we should do it you know and if there is change that needs to happen the bible doesn't say um to get in arguments and debates and whoever's the best Mm -hmm. debater is the one that's going to change someone's heart Mm -hmm. it says my kindness will lead them to repentance my goodness my goodness my goodness i love it when i prayed for people i used to i prayed like that i said it's your goodness that brings them to repentance and so show them your goodness show them your kindness and that's something i'm learning because through just my personal relationships and stuff i've always been very vocal Mm -hmm. um sometimes boisterous in in my opinions and Mm -hmm. i'm good at persuading people yeah but at times, God has really had to tell me to slow my roll Yeah, because I get into this mode sometimes where I'm not displaying the love, the tenderness, the righteousness, mm. the the um, the heart of God that, that sees the suffering of his people yeah. and sees the motive of everyone's hearts and yeah. loves them. You know, I'm reminded of the word that God says when he says that David was a man after his own heart. You know, and I think David could not have been after God's heart if he didn't realize that he was loved no matter what. That is so good. No matter what happened, that he could always run back to God rather than running away from him. And so that's an example of the love that you're asking for um, toward others is the fact that no matter what it is, that person should feel safe enough with you that they will listen and they will be able to come back to you with everything. The only way you could do that is just by letting them know. Um, because a lot of time it's miscommunication. Someone says, well, the way you said it, or you never told me. Words and matter. Yes. Words matter. Absolutely. The pow- power of life and death is in it's the tongue. Correct. And God says that he, he watches over his words so that he can perform it. So every word that we release into the atmosphere has the power to not only go and accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish, as his word says, but it comes back to us also with right. after it's accomplished what it's supposed to to do. Right. And you can't just think about what the words that you are saying mean to you. You have to reflect on what the words you're saying mean to the other person. Absolutely. Because one word can mean something very different to Oh, yeah, that's else. why we have so many different languages. Uh, in a word mean, even in our own language, the word have different meanings. Right. Depending on where you come from, which uh, culture that you grew up in, and which area that you are living in, it means different. And then within a culture, some people have words that they speak to each other about, but if somebody else used that yes, word, absolutely. then it's a fight. <laughs> right, and that's why Google Translate doesn't always translate. 
translate if you know what I mean. No, it does not. Yes, because it can mean something totally different in a different culture, in a different time, from a different person. So you really have to guard your words. And you are really good at doing that. Thank you. I think it's because maybe in my culture, I speak four different languages. That is so awesome. And so that helps a lot to understand. And with every language, there comes a culture that comes with it. And so if you speak that language, I will hope that you will understand the culture so that when you're speaking it, you're in context and that the people that are listening to you, they will receive what you have to say with an open heart and an open mind. Yes, that is so true. So wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom and love. Absolutely. So um, I have listened to um, a few, well, several um, episodes um, on the Holy Spirit Network where you're the host. Yeah. And um, I'm going to do what you, what I've heard from you. I've learned from you. You are (laughs) mentoring me in a a way, I guess. Um, So I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself. It is an honor to have you. Oh, thank Um, you. So I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. I so appreciate it. This is amazing. Uh, My name is Christine Ellis and I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a pastor. I am an evangelist. I'm also was ordained as a um, someone, an apostle. I, I, my background is in medical. I have a bachelor in science in nursing. And currently, I'm sitting on a, a seat at the city of Chandler as a councilwoman um, that helps to run the city of Chandler. There are seven of us in the council, uh, including a mayor. And so we we oversee in the city. And in our city right now, we have about 270,000 people that live. And where we are speaking right now, we're currently right almost downtown from where our office is right there with the city hall. Wow. What a resume. (laughs) And, And not only that, but you are, well, you're currently the only female council member. That's correct. I'm the only female, and um, this is the first time in the history of our city of over 100 years that we have a black woman on that council also. Wow. So I'm a female, and I'm a black woman on that council. You are a, a, a wave maker, a path um, blazer, so yes, I think that is... That's what we do. We're pioneers. Yes, I love that. Um, so, you know, there's so many things. There's so many things that I could talk to you about. And, yeah. you know, in the future, I hope that I get to talk to you about all the things. Absolutely. We're <laughs> going to keep doing that. The same way when you come on my show, we'll talk. And yes. I'll come on, on your podcast and we'll talk. As long as people need to listen, they need to hear. As long as there's a need, we'll be here. Right, right. <laughs> Well, um, a few things that I wanted to talk to you specifically about today, and this is something that I covered in my um, podcast, the last episode. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about legislation that's upcoming um, for the Chandler community. Yeah. And, um, you know, I I understand that there may be some things that you can't talk about currently, but um, specifically LGBTQ plus legislation Mm-hmm. Um, that is is being presented to you and what that would change in our community. Well, in Chandler currently right now, I, I, I mean, it, at the, you will think that it will be legislation because that's what uh, legislators are for, right? Right. To um, um, put laws together and things at that level. But currently it's being pushed in, up to the cities actually to um, address this issue with an ordinance. And so in the city of Chandler right now, we have uh, an ordinance. We have those who have asking for us to put an ordinance regarding this community. I believe when the ordinance um, was presented, it was presented into the mind that it was a non-discriminatory uh, ordinance. Which was, sounds great. We, absolutely. It was an ordinance where we were going to look at, I mean, anywhere in our community where there is discrimination, we need to come across as zero tolerance to it. Absolutely. No bullying. We have an anti-bullying um, uh, uh, also ordinance here in our city. We have, uh, we, we, we literally, when I said within our organization, at the city itself, our employees and things like that, that's something we take very seriously right. when it comes to um, discrimination. And at large also in our city. So it's always good to start it with you first. Right. And after they had that ordinance about bullying and years ago, I think about five years ago, they include also the council members and the mayor. Okay. As not being above that rule, that ordinance. In right. other words, 
us mayors cannot bull uh, us uh, um, council members and mayors we cannot uh, bully people neither can they bully us so we have a right also to uh, go and uh, uh, and pursue that right. against anyone and that sounds ideal that sounds great. that sounds ideal mm-hmm. it sounds great uh, because we had an issue right because we had an issue it had come t- to our attention and those in the past that there was an issue like this there, it was at the schools it was at different places like that but this particular ordinance I believe when it was presented to us in Chandler it was in that frame of mind it was going to look at everything in our city and where are we seeing discrimination and put a stop to it but what happened along the way I think as soon as it came out it was taken in a context that totally to me, at this point, kind of exclude everybody else. Right. And it's just looking at one segment of the population. And we have both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. We have people who are asking and saying, well, do we have this issue here in Chandler? Because I've lived here for 34 years. Right. 34 years is not yesterday. And so it's a long time. It's a long time. And where we are sitting right now, my kids went to school in that same building here in elementary school. I mean, kindergarten all the way yeah. to elementary school right here at the school next door to you. So I, I, and then I had my office right here also in that building where we are sitting here at one point. So all of these things give me maybe a perspective that my others might not have. The perspective is such that we are a community of inclusive people. We include people in what we do. People are welcome at the table. They have a voice at the table. And I've never, uh, people always ask me when I travel, they say, well, how do you live in Arizona? This is one of the most racist state in, you know, in the whole. And I always tell them that I don't feel it. I don't know it. If they doing it behind my back, it does <laughs> not really affect me because I have a goal. Right. I have a way to go. When I walk in a room, there's something that I need. I will not leave that room without what I need. Wow. And so that's me. That's the context that I, that those are the lens that I see things into. And it's not ignoring that it's there. Like it's Correct. not disregarding that it's there, but it's being focused. You are focused on the task at hand and you're running the race set before you. Correct. And so what I said is that if it's there, now open my eyes to it and I'm looking. I know, as you said, it exists. I know there are people, we are not living in a perfect world. This is not a world that says, because if it was, we would not be activists anymore. We will not be fighting for equal rights anymore. We will not be fighting, because if we had obtained that place, we are not there yet. We are still working through it. But to sit here and said that we are the same place that we were yesterday that's not the truth either because every day we are making an end work every day we are making progress toward that through relationships with people to understanding each other's culture and each other's background all of those things so this ordinance now come into our lap as something that we need to work on as a council my point of view with it was uh, from day one when i saw it was that Okay, should we let the people of Chandler choose? Should we ask them what how they feel about this and let that's them? Important. That, that's important because there's seven of us, right? And each one of us at, at that table come with a set of belief, a set of bias, right. a, a, a set of understanding, a set of culture, a set wherever we came from, how we grew up, where we came from, whether we were born here or outside of this country, or whether we were raised here or not. All of us come with that kind of understanding. Now, can we, the seven, make that decision for 270,000-something people? Well, we were elected by yes, those people. right? And at their time, when you are making decisions for those same people who elect you, you need to bring them to the table. Right. You need to ask them their opinion. You need to figure it out with them versus you just, you know, making a decision. In my background as a nurse, I told you that it's important for us that we always do what we call an assessment. Anytime something is in our face, right? We work in things, it's life and death all the time. Right. Every time it's life and death. And the client comes in, the first thing we need to do is an assessment. 
And then after we do the assessment, then we looked at what is it that what is our goal here with this client? What what is our goal? What do we want to accomplish? And then within that context, we looked at what are the things we're gonna implement to get to our goal. Right. And then once we do that, then we realize that okay, when are we going to do a reassessment and evaluation of those things that we implemented to achieve that goal? Right. And if we didn't meet that goal, we go back not to any other part of the equation but we go we don't go back to assessment sometimes but sometimes we do go back to assessment but most of the time we don't we go back to our implementation right what is it that we did and how did we do them in order for us to get to our goal absolutely and then if you're talking about the medical field and you're treating a patient for an ailment that that patient is facing if that treatment were to affect this the treatment for you know hundreds of other people Mm -hmm. you that makes it that much more complicated because you have to and that's kind of what it is with this ordinance is it's not just this group of people or this group of people you have to weigh in the balance what freedom and equality means for all the people of Chandler correct and and so then that brings me to the fact that we do things by evidence base Right, which I think is pretty wise. Evidence-based. <laughs> right. And so all of these things, because that's why we go back to the implementation, because in implementation, those are solid evidence-based things that we find that works for people at large. And so in this case, why didn't it work for this particular person? And so we can go back and see, do we need to change it? Do we need to add this? Give it to, if it's a medication, do we want to give it in the morning or in the evening? However, we're going to change it. But it all has to do with all these steps. So in my lens, I looked at things like that. When I'm going to affect people's lives, right? and I looked at it with that kind of lens, what what do I have in my hand? What do I have with to work with? What kind of evidence base do I have to work with? And if they are expert in that field, should I turn to them or should I ask them to go out there and bring information that I can make an educated decision? Right. A decision that is based on evidence-based, and it's based also on the fact that when it affects people, it's going to affect them in the positive way. Right. Will that always perfectly work? There are people who will still disagree sometimes. There are people who will of still course. agree. But at the end of the day, there's a common good where we all see that there's a benefit in it one way or another for each other. Absolutely. So to speak more specifically to um, some of these ordinances that are um, left up to you mm-hmm. to decide for your constituents, um, specifically equal opportunity employment. Yeah. Um, so for this, this this sounds like a great thing, right? Everyone should have the equal opportunity of employment yeah. to work where they want to work, right? Correct. We but, live in a state that states that uh, we have... a. Uh, you know, equal opportunity. We have everybody can apply for the job as long as they're qualified. As long as they're qualified. And Correct. I think that's so good. And um, it sounds on the surface like a, a perfect thing. But um, I think that when we talk about freedom, we have to look at the whole picture and we have to look at the employer and the employee. Correct. Um, so, for instance, if uh, we've heard of these situations, like we have a Christian um, wedding cake um, bakery. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I'm talking about the mo- the famous one a few years back. Yeah. So, in the city of Phoenix. Yeah. Right. There was one in Phoenix, too. Mm-hmm. The one I'm talking about, the, it was ruled that this Christian um, uh, bakery owner... He had to make a, a wedding cake for this homosexual couple. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and he, he got sued and, and the couple, the, the gay couple won. Mm-hmm. And so this business had to close down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at a situation like this, you know, does that Christian wedding cake maker, is he required to make a wedding cake for um, that represents something that his faith doesn't believe is right is morally correct and we look at the same if we want to we say christians and a lot of people get up in arms because 
sometimes I think Christians are easy to get mad at. Mm-hmm. But when you roll in, um, let's say a Muslim bakery, and I saw this on some other um, podcast mm-hmm. um, that I was watching, this this um, same situation, it was a gay couple. They were actually not really gay, but they were posing as a gay couple. Mm-hmm. They went into this Muslim bakery and they asked this Muslim bakery to make them a wedding cake for their gay wedding. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't do it because that also goes against what Muslims believe mm-hmm. and their faith is morally correct. Yeah. So the media doesn't care about that. The media only cared about the Christian bakery owner. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to go into um, the double standard there, which to me is pretty clear. But when it comes to our city, our Chandler, mm-hmm. um, the people who live here, the people who own businesses here, the people who want to get married here, mm-hmm. um, how do you think that that, um, I mean, all of that probably has to weigh pretty heavily on you when it comes to making these big decisions that affect so many people? Absolutely, because this is this is uh, something that we sign up for, right? Right. Um, that's why I tell people, uh, when you want to run for office, you have to really weigh in why you want to do this. The why is so tangible. It, right. I said you got to filter it. What it is, why, and how you're going to really live that life and really pursue what you really like to pursue. Because that will make or break you. Correct. It will make you. In my case, um, the, the reason why I, I went into that is because I want to make... Uh, really truly impact people's lives I, I, I would love I love to see when people thrive I love to see when their lives their quality of life change for the better and, and, and you know we all help each other move in a direction that really going to um, benefit all of us right. now in, in, the, in, the, in the light of the ordinance that is looking at us right now um, you explain for businesses for all these things that are concerned well the other side um, there's a, a convincing argument also that our city will not be inclusive in a way that uh, people will not come here to open businesses. Uh, big companies will not also bring, because there's an economic kind of downturn to it, because those companies who would love to do those kinds of things see uh, the city of Chandler, if we don't have this ordinance, then they will not come here. When you're looking at both sides of the story, right. they have to be a metal. They have to be a place where we looked at it, we say, hey, you know, Everybody has a right to be who they want to be. Absolutely. And we can't stop them from doing that. I can write this ordinance. I personally, I'm not talking about the council right now. I can't represent the city of Chile. I can't represent every council member. But if I said yes to this ordinance, so what I'm saying is that I'm giving you permission as a person to go do whatever you want to do with your life. But do you truly want to sit here and look at me and said, you need my permission to be who you want to be? Right. If you believe that this is who you are, why do you need my permission? Well, we can argue it's because there are other people who do not believe that you have the right to be who you are. And I said at that point, us as a, as human beings, we need to really look at each other and realize that we don't have a right to tell people they can't be who they want to be. That's so true. We I don't have that right. More. We can't. We can't legislate people's heart and that's a double-sided coin that a double-sided coin so on one hand you want me to legislate somebody's heart who says i don't agree with this and on another hand you want me to legislate your heart that says you agree with it right so that put us in a position where it's it's really like you said a double side a double-sided thing so at the end of the day nobody is going to be happy if it happens, the only way you could come to a solution with this is to bring people to the table and ask them, how can we factor in both sides of this so we can walk away with something that everybody will feel that they are satisfied with it? Right. And but, it takes, it does take um, compromise correct. on both ends. On you both can't ends. have it's, 100% correct. your way. It's going to take compromise. And so when we look, that's one of the thing, question, uh, uh, concern that I have. Because when we looked at all the other cities who have done this, they did what's best for them. They sat down, they, they look at their population, they look at who worked there, they drafted their ordinance based 
on thy population, on who live, work, play, whatever they do in their city. And so with us, we need the time as a city to do the same thing. Yeah. We need to understand that when we are going to draft this, or if we are drafting this, because we're looking at a resolution or we're looking at an ordinance, the resolution is saying that we as a city does not tolerate this. We telling you as a citizen in our city that this is not something we tolerate at that level and that to be good neighbors with your neighbors, right. to look at the fact that whoever you say you are, wherever you you come from, this is not tolerated here in our city. Yes. That's now we move to an ordinance. An ordinance is the same thing, but it also go to the next level. It says that if you think that you come to our city and you're going to discriminate against anybody or somebody said that you're discriminated against them, then you have a right to come to us and put a complaint in and then we're going to find that person. Okay. We're going to find them, um, whatever amount that we put in. Some cities are doing 2500 1500 I've seen it, this amount, to a certain amount. But in those, and in some of these also contexts and ordinances, they exclude some part of the population. They exclude uh, churches, they exclude schools, they exclude different things like that. So when you looked at it at the end of the day, it only leaves your neighbors. Right. Well, it, it only leaves people that are pretty much in your circle and those that you are going to do business with. On a daily basis, meaning that the people that you interact with, either within your circle of influence or those that are a little bit, maybe one or two removed from your circle of influence. And that is so smart because regardless of whether you all like, let's say a church, they all have fundamental things that they believe in. Yeah. But there's still going to be disagreements within the church. Correct. So you every have to area, learn that every, it's okay to disagree. Correct. And and every place you you are, there is going to be a disagreement. So when we leave it at that level, it's like, why can't we work through these things? Why can't we just talk about these things? Why can't we just come across like, this is my life. This is who I am. Right. And, and if it's your neighbor or someone that is in your circle that is having a a concern or a problem with who you are. What can we have a conversation about it? Well, because again, we live in a, in, in a, in a place where the first, the easiest things to do is to have a law, is to have a rule, is to have a policy and procedure. Right. So, and then on top of that policy and procedure, we'll have another policy and procedure. Right. And we'll have another policy to, to, poli- to police that policy and procedure. We'll make another policy. And right. so you're continually making rules, and then you get to the place where those rules bound you. You cannot even be who you are. It gets really you rigid. Correct. Be who truly you want to be in in any shape or form. In the context, I mean, if you're talking to me in the context of uh, the church and everything else, isn't it our role now to love? Yes. And isn't it the role of the church to go and love, to allow people to talk with people and find out, make room for people to come in? And, you know, I think that that that's such a good point. And it's true that it is the church's role to love, to go out and to reach the lost, to Mm -hmm. show God's love and his his long arm. It doesn't matter if um, you have everything in the world um, as far as differences go with that Mm -hmm. person. Jesus is the savior of all. So uh, that's really important. But I think sometimes all the, who wants him, all who will receive him, Correct. you know, all and, who like wants any him gift, will receive him, like any gift. It's right. A gift. You have and to receive you it. And, and it's not our job to keep pushing it into people's throat and tell them, you know, if they don't want it, then they don't want it. Right. But I think sometimes um, because we have this like rage culture that we're starting to um, establish. And I don't want to speak that. I don't want that to be a prophetic word. I want uh, that to be something that dissipates under the glorious weight of revival. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, it seems like if you disagree with someone, you cannot love that person. That's, that's not true. And it's not true, but that's what people <laughs> are believing. That's not true. So if I... If I disagree with your lifestyle or who you're marrying, you have the freedom to marry whoever you want. You have the freedom to do whatever you want to your body. You have that freedom. But because if I don't agree with you and support you and become a part of your choices, that makes me hateful towards you. And that's not... 
how it should be. That's the double standard and the biases that we bring to the table, right? right. Um, because it's always all or nothing. It's either you, you know, we, we, we tell people all the time, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me, right? <laughs> you know, we tell them that all the time. But the bottom line is that we can be with people without being against them. And we can be in their circle. We can love people. I have a heart to love. And it does not matter what, who you are, what you do, where you come from, what color you are, what background you are, what uh, economic uh, status that you have. I love you. Now, you can stop me from loving you. You <laughs> right. can work really hard at it. Right. From uh, stopping me from loving you. I can still be extending my hand. I can still be here for you. I can still be telling you that I love you. But if there is an issue that stops you from receiving that love, then why is it it's my fault? That's... Why is it that I am the one who has to be punished? Why is it that I'm the one who has to say to be uh, put in a corner because you don't refuse to receive my love? The fact of the matter is I can't force you to receive my love. It has to come to an understanding. Even in a marriage, we see it. Even with your children, we can see it. But we refuse to take those same instances and put them in everyday life. That is is God's heart right there too. Like he's telling us, I love you so much. Why can't you see it? Why are you so angry at me? Why do you think I'm rejecting you? I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's, it's up to us to receive that. It reminds me of when I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, uh, my parents, they love Jesus and they love me and they are the best parents that I could ever imagine. Like they really poured out the love of God into my life and um, just showed me affection and gave me wisdom and so, and prayed for me constantly. So they loved me, but because I had so much inner turmoil about my identity and so much shame built up in my heart, I didn't receive their love. Mm -hmm. And I felt constantly rejected by them and by other people around me. So I had that spirit of rejection on me, not because I wasn't loved or because I had been rejected. It was because I was rejecting myself and I was rejecting the love that they were giving me. So love is just like that gift of salvation it can be given to you but if you have this barrier of rejection or anger or rage or self-loathing around you then you can't receive any amount of that love correct and and and, you know it's always available it's all it's always available love um is there. there there are people you know that will always be there for you they will always be there but you have to turn around and face that person in order for you to see them there right if you turn your back from them you can't see them so let's go back in the context of the um ordinance right now so at this point what uh, as a city which um it's in the newspaper and, and it's everywhere already so it, it, it will appear that People would rather divide than bring together. And and for me, where I'm sitting is I'm about to bring together. I'm, I'm, I'm all about bringing people together. Right. I want to hear your side. I want to hear the other side. So everyone who would like, who wanted to talk to me or who wants to talk to me or who calls me and wants to talk about the audience, I'm open to talk to them about it. I said, okay, let's, let's discuss this. Let's figure out uh, why is it that it's a yes and why is it that it's a no? Because it has to come to that place right. where we're going to bring it you know we're going to have to make that decision well right now we there are five of us who said we would love to see a resolution and then there are two who says that they would like to see an ordinance and it's okay because that's that's what it means to be at the table having discussion so we still discuss it so another thing that we have done because we are a city that really have great governance and we love our constituent and we want to make sure that our constituent are well equipped to make the right decision so we have uh a diversity office, I would have wished that uh, um, we are bringing out uh, an organization that will do uh, uh, what we call a survey and go out and get all the information from all these different groups, different uh, part of our city and sending out things so people can answer. Then once they have all of that, then they'll bring it back to mayor and council and then we'll sit down with it and then we'll discuss it and we'll figure it out. Then we'll go from there. 
open and free communication and letting people's voice be heard. Correct. You cannot have a community that's united unless you have that. And I think that's something that you have embodied just in the way that you present yourself to people. People know that they can talk to you. And I love that about you. I feel like you are um, an Esther, a Deborah. You are here for such a time as this. And you are the person that can bring some kind of sense in, um, you know, the atmosphere of chaos that our nation has begun, you know, started to become. I, th- I think the, the, the sense of chaos that we see around us right now, it's, uh, it's stimulated. It's being stimulated rather than crushed. Right. And we have, every single one of us have that in us that we can crush it. When we hear it and it's not the right thing and it's not really feasible, we we, we could feel that this is not going to be good for all of us. We can crush that. Right. And don't care where it's coming from, left, right, wherever it's coming from. We have have that sense. We know there's an inner thing in us and, and intuition call it, our spirit call it, whatever name you want to put in it. But there's something in us that knows right and wrong. Yes. From the time we were born, that thing is in us and it grows with uh, all the other things that are around us. And if we don't listen to it sometimes, then we find ourselves in a big trouble. But when we listen, and I think maybe that's where I am. I'm at that point where I can hear it. Right. I can hear that voice that says, this is not something you want to entertain. This is not something you want um, to fight. Right. Um, or this is something that you really, truly would like to need to sit down and talk about. This is something you want to take the time. And this ordinance, it's something we want to take the time. And I we, think sometimes people don't know exactly what they're feeling about something. They just feel really angry until yeah. they start talking about it. Yeah. Then they can pinpoint exactly what the problem is and then a possible solution. Correct. There's always a possible solution. I'm all about the solution. I'm solution driven. Yeah, the problem, the problem stays with us always if there's nobody that comes up with a solution. Because when you think about it, every product that we use these days, it's someone who looked at the problem that we were having and they said, hey, maybe if I do this to solve this problem, we will not have that problem anymore. That's so true. That's basically all it is. And really, other if, if you don't if you don't have any kind of um, a solution or a plan to come up with a solution, the problem just gets bigger. Yeah. You just and and if you just keep talking about the problem, it's gonna get better, uh, bigger too. Right. Let's just concentrate on how we know what the problem is. Right. You keep telling me this is the problem here. It, it doesn't make it any better. Let's talk to me about how we're gonna fix it. Right. How we're gonna fix it. So right. come with solutions. And so those are the solutions that we. We, we are coming up with right now. We say, hey, let's go back. Let's talk to the people of Chandler. Let's see where they are. And then in the context of, uh, of uh, 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 other people who want to help, keep loving other people. Yes. You know, give a, give a, just keep extending yourself to others and uh, find to get, extend a, a way to understand why people are the right. way they are, why they want to be the way they are. Right. And why they feel the way that they feel. That's correct. And I know that experiences come into play. Media comes into play. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of different things that you surround yourself with, yeah. what you put into your mind comes out of in your life. I told my regardless. kids from the time they were little, I said, garbage in, garbage out. Yes. And so it, it is a, it, that's the bottom line for us. So if you sit around and all you're hearing is negative, 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 or they're going to do this to you, they're going to do that to you, this is the wrong thing and everything else, that's exactly what you're going to. But if you kind of remove yourself for just a little bit and start understanding what the other side has to say, right. and, and then you will see that, hey, maybe we have more in common so than we have true. things that divide us. I think one thing that would be a really cool challenge for anyone listening to this, yeah. we all have our echo chambers, our place where we go, where everyone agrees with most of the things that we say, right? Next time we're in that echo chamber and we're talking about the problems that the world is facing right now and we're getting all worked up, why don't you try presenting some sort of a solution? Correct. You're probably going to get some weird looks like (laughs) if you try to present some sort of a solution. That's right. But change the culture, change the atmosphere, change the direction of the conversation from something that's tearing down prophetically with your words because the power of life and death is in the tongue correct so try presenting a solution not that it's going to be perfect and not that you won't get some um, opposition to those solutions but 
when we slowly begin to make those changes, it makes all the difference in the world. Correct. For me personally, I know that um, I look at the scripture verses that talk about turning the other cheek. Mm -hmm. And I think Christians do this too. Sometimes we think that means ignoring everything and not talking about it (laughs) or... People get, no, I'm not going to turn the other cheek, and they start fighting back. (laughs) But I think turning the other cheek is an act of rebellion against the um, enemy, against the the strongholds that the enemy has put into place. The enemy has his own um, authorities set in place. And when you turn the other cheek and you show love, you speak truth, but you still speak it in love, that is slapping the face of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And our warfare is not a flesh and blood. It's not a person. It's, It's a spiritual entity that we need to fight against yeah so we spend more time fighting each other than what really we need to be fighting with um, which is that what divide us what comes to divide rather to conquer right Um, and then so we see each other Um, I was telling someone yesterday that uh, my problem unless I get permission to address something with someone I know exactly where I'm gonna deal with it right so I, I, I deal with it there, and I always leave a space so then that person does not go away um, from my life so that we can continue a friendship or we can continue some uh, relationship and everything because a lot of time that's what we don't do. We see the person as the problem, but we don't see the problem as exactly what it is, which is a wedge. Um, someone sent me uh, uh, something And I was reading it yesterday, and it makes a lot of sense. It's a story about a donkey. It says that a demon came, and it, um, the donkey was tied in a field, and the demon came and untied the donkey. The donkey walked into a farmer's, other farmer's farm, and eat it. The farmer's son came and saw the donkey eating the thing, pulled his gun, and killed the donkey. The farmer, the, the guy who owned the donkey now, saw that the farmer's son killed the donkey. He pulled his gun and he killed the son. And then the the son's father saw that he did that. He came and killed the farmer. So the farmer's son saw that the the other father killed his father. He burned the farmer's field. Wow. And then someone told the demon, why did you do that? The demon said, I didn't do anything. All I did was untying the donkey. Wow, that is like such All I a good... did was untying the donkey. Wow. And the moral of the story is tie up your donkey. Right. And the only way you keep your donkey tied up is with love. Right. You can only keep your donkey tied up with, it, with love because there's always somebody who's going to come and try to untie it. Right. And it will always escalate if you take the power of vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. Or you say something contrary about that person with another person. And then it goes and it comes. It's going to escalate. And it escalates. And that can happen also in our own circle. It happened in our families. It happened in our businesses. It's happened with every single area of our lives. One act just to watch and see. And there are people, that's all they do. They come into a situation, they just want to light up a match and watch the fire burn. Wow. And so with us who are just around, we say become firemen and firewomen. Extinguish that water, that that fire. Use your love as water. And realize that perspective changes the whole situation. Perspective changing it. it, Came in. Absolutely. Right. They were just, I just saw my son get shot, you know, like. And boom. No questions asked. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody's making a decision based on what happened, but they never went back to the beginning of the issue. Right. To see what the real problem is. And right now we have an issue of love. We have an issue of acceptance. We have an issue of tolerance. We have an issue of allowing people to be who they want to be. Right. So let them, you don't need my permission. Okay. Be who you want to be. You don't need my approval. You don't need my approval either. Be who you want to be. And I, and I, and I'm okay with that. And so, I ask the same courtesy of you. Yes, the same tolerance. I ask the same courtesy of you. Right. And so at the end of the day, there is respect, mutual respect, and then we continue to live our lives. Yeah, and like you said, you left that that um, door 
to where, hey, if we want to have a relationship, because boundaries are good, yes. especially if you have like this toxic interaction with this other person or of these, course. you know, boundaries are good to have, but boundaries doesn't mean burning the bridge. Nope. You know, it doesn't mean um, to just completely destroy any kind of relationship that you could have in the future because things change in life. People Absolutely. change. Absolutely. Things happen. And we need each other. Absolutely. So we do. And I, you know, we have a ministry where we feed the homeless downtown and a majority, I will say 85% of those that we um, deal with have some type of mental illness that they are self-medicating with. In other words, they're addicted to drugs and things like that. So we're always trying to figure out, okay, so how do we help those people? How do we go about helping them? Is it just a plate of food that's going sustain them or is it also adding to that food a moment of speaking into their lives and trying to help them and then add resources to it and then add you know whatever else is needed to lift that person out of the situation where they are and it, it takes time to do those kinds of things it doesn't happen overnight you can't really help someone unless that person come to trust you that person come to understand that you you, you have their best interests at heart and that takes time Right. And you can give the person all the resources in the world, but until they're ready to make that change, then those resources aren't going to do them. It's all invalid. The so you right. stick with it. You stay with them. You, so we said that we said all of that in the same context that we give people time to change. We right. give people room to change. And isn't that God's heart for us, too? Absolutely. With boundaries and all, because I don't take all of them home. I don't take all of them. I don't tell all of them where I live. And we have rules down there. We don't ever give somebody cigarettes. We don't ever give them cash money. You know, you, you put rules. You put you put things. But at the end of the day, it's for the good of all of us. Right. So if people know that we have money with us, well, they can be tempted to hurt. Right. But if we give them money, they can be tempted also to go buy more drugs. You know, all those things, you have to look. What is it that you're going... What rules you're going to use that's going to help people... Right. And it's not uh, taking any of their freedom away. Nope. They still have the freedom to destroy their lives or to build it up. It's just it's giving them the tools that they need to build it up when they're ready to do it. That's being right. there, being available. Them. You stay with it. And never losing hope. That's right. You never lose hope. You never lose hope. So from politics to what's happening in our community to what's happening in our churches and our businesses and everything, we all do those things on a daily basis. People would like to separate those things. Right. We can't separate them. Go to your grocery stores. There people are. Right. You go into your church. There people are. We all struggling with stuff. You go to the schools. There people are. Everywhere we go, people are there. And people come with their problems. People come with their joy. They come with their love. They come with everything that they are. They can't leave it outside of the right. door when they walk in. So we have to find a way for us to do this life together. Right. And you don't get to experience that golden people when you're not willing to be patient through yeah. the other stuff, you yeah. know? You have to. You have to be patient and giving people time. And um, we don't have to rush um, into making a decision right now. We can just wait and see and right. talk about things and let's figure it out together. Right. That's so good. You are such a beacon of light, and I am so glad that we were able to have this conversation. I appreciate you. Um, also wanted to talk about the hard things. There are people who will love. I did listen um, to another podcast about another city. They were talking about it in the context of the church. How does the church feel about this? Of course, the church is non-discriminatory. The church stands to include. The church is inclusive. Um you know, as a, as a pastor, that that's what I grew up. I grew up, uh, you know, seeing that the church is the first one on the front line. We are supposed to be. That's what we are called to do. You know, when, when everything we learn from the church, we need to take it out to the highways and the byways yes. and touch other people and their lives and everything. In that context, however we decide to to govern, we need to govern with the heart 
that it's going to affect people's lives and those that it's going to affect we need to know in what direction we would like to go yeah that it we will can't be a just, good outcome right and we can't just brush it off because no. we're it's not our experience no, that not. that's important yeah. and i know that you know we believe that when, when the bible says nothing shall separate you from the love of god mm-hmm. we believe the word nothing means nothing okay. nothing will nothing. separate you yeah. and his love does reach to the highways and the byways correct so so don't with the hard stuff is for us to really uh, ponder on now take time and, and let's let's talk about them Let, let's come to a conclusion with them. right speak truth yes. speak what you what you believe what yeah. you know yeah. but you can't do it in the context of i want to win this conversation i want to win this debate you have to do it in the context of i want to create an atmosphere that can help good change grow correct and everybody at the end of the day everybody will benefit Right. Because, again, I'm going to keep reiterating the fact that you have the right to be who you want to be. Right. And we cannot stop you from doing that. Nobody can. Yeah. Freedom is a double-sided coin. Yep, it is. Double-edged sword we sometimes. Want freedom, we want freedom for this side. We want freedom for this side, too. Right. This, this is one of the things that really make this country such a, an amazing place to live, thrive, and, and uh, all the opportunities are endless here. It's because of that fact. Right. Um, I, I said it all the time. I came into this country at 17 years old. And look at me sitting here talking to you right now. Uh, and there was a process. I had to go through a lot of different things. There was a lot of changes. There was a lot of ups and downs. I had to go to school. I had to make sure that I learned and things like that. But we all have that opportunity. That's the part that makes it so great. Opportunity. Every single one of us that comes here have that opportunity. If you were born here, you have it too. Right. So don't diffuse, don't don't dismiss it. Don't don't just uh, take it, you know, or take it for granted or just saying that you still don't have it because nobody wants to give it to you. Right. Um, we can still attend. We can still go after it. There's an opportunity. The opportunities are right here before us. This is still the land of opportunity. Correct. And if you need help to get there, ask for help. Right. And there are those who will be more than willing to help. They are available to help. They are willing to help. But a lot of people will rather complain. Right. And and I have zero tolerance for complainers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's what politicians are supposed to be there for. Establishing help for people who want to reach out and grab those opportunities. But I think sometimes... Create those environment, create those moments, create those space where people can come in and feel safe. Right. You know, to do those things. I think sometimes people um, have established their... um, their uh, platform on top of the anger, the rage, the you know the the righteous indignation, and instead of what can we do to help, to change, yeah. to grow, to, it's to not come gonna together, last. it's not gonna last because at the end of the day, the other people will see through it. Even those you you incite to that point after a while. You know, when the anger does not produce any fruit. Right. You know, this morning I saw uh, one of our, my friend, he wrote down, he says, you know, this is a great day. There's lots of fruits of the spirits are available. Why don't you pick one? And as a matter of fact, why don't you pick more than one and eat some fruits today? <laughs> I love that. So I, 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 I screenshot that and, and I sent it to my kids and I sent it to a group that uh, with all my sisters and thing. And I said, let's eat some fruit today because the fruit of the spirit, they are love, patience, you know, long suffering and uh, grace and all yes. those things that are part of the fruit of the spirit but you got to reach out temperance and take it. correct you have to reach out and take it and you have to eat it and mm-hmm. you have to participate in that part or you have to use it um and then under for it to to really work for you i love that yeah. well you are truly a diamond in the rough when it comes to political um uh just positions and and the position that god has put you in yeah. is um, it's just really exciting. And I can't wait to see where else he, he takes you. I don't want to speak for you, but I am just excited we'll, we'll, to see. We'll wait on him because if he started it, well, we're faithful enough to see it go completion, right? To completion, to completion. yes. He's faithful enough. So we'll continue because it was actually literally, if it was not for him, I wouldn't be in that pathway. So, that is so I was awesome. truly instructed to do that. And here we are. Thank you so much again for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope that, uh, um, you know, next month you will sit down with me. I'm and excited. And then for us to hear about your story, because I know that lots of people will benefit from uh, who you are and what God has been doing in your life. And uh, I cannot story. wait. I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm so excited, too. Amazing. Thank you. Yes.
Thank you all for joining me today on the Brazen Truth Podcast. It was an honor having Christine Ellis in the studio today, and this definitely won't be the last time you hear from her on my podcast. The next episode will air on September 16th, and I'm going to talk to you guys about some um, weight loss ventures of mine. Um, You know, I've struggled with with addiction all my life, Uh, food addiction being one of um, the the acceptable addictions that I've I've, I've struggled with, that I've fought with. And um, on the 16th, I'll be talking to you guys a little bit about how I'm approaching this addiction. Um, You know, I really hope you guys will join me for that episode. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm really super excited about the next steps to freedom that I'm, um, I'm about to take. So yeah, join me then on The Brazen Truth. Until then, have a great weekend and stay safe.